I love my home. I do. I love it so much. But I also love vacationing. I work a lot. And sometimes it, it bothers me to think how often I'm not actually there to enjoy it. I mean, whether I'm going on a fun vacation with Justin or traveling to New York for work, there's big chunks of time that I don't get to relish that sofa I pined so hard to buy or bake cookies that I can make with my stand-up mixer that I got for Christmas. And I realize there is a way that I might feel better. If I became an Airbnb host, I could make use of the space when I'm away and make some extra cash. I mean, my next vacation could essentially pay for itself. Like my extra Airbnb cash could go into an account for that trip to Paris I've been pondering. And then basically the trip is free. Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, I know that's not technically how math works, but okay. Also, if we're saving money hosting, this means I could do some shopping, right? And the weather is also very nice in Paris at this time of the month. And I just feel like it might be, okay, you know what? I'm going to talk to Justin about this. Um, thank you for letting me share this epiphany with you. I appreciate it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dinners on Me listeners. This week, I'm revisiting two dinners that I loved having so much with people that I absolutely adore, who have also been a mainstay on network television for roughly a decade now. Jim Parsons of The Big Bang Theory and Tracy Ellis Ross of Blackish. It's no surprise to me that they're both stars of primetime TV. My interview with Jim showcases some of my favorite things about him, his humility, his sweetness, and his openness. And Tracy is, of course, a legend. She is someone who continually inspires me with her joyous approach to life and also her amazing fashions. All right, first up, Jim Parsons. Today, I had the chance to walk to our interview. It's in the West Village, a neighborhood in Lower Manhattan. It's a beautiful spring day, one of the first of the year. And I have a little pep in my step because this is one of my favorite places to eat in the city. I could go on and on about the menu at Don Angie's, how the chrysanthemum salad is a work of art, the way the grated cheese just hovers over it like a cloud. Don't like sweet potatoes? Their Japanese sweet potatoes will literally change your life, your mind, and basically make you question everything you've thought before. I'm not being dramatic. And don't even get me started on the tiramisu. This is Dinners on Me, and I'm your host, Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Today, I thought I'd bring along a longtime New Yorker and an old neighbor of mine. You know him from Spoiler Alert, The Big Bang Theory, and Boys in the Band, Jim Parsons. My first experience in LA was, was a show that did go for a year, but then ended. What was it and called? The, the Class. Class. And actually, you know what show replaced us? Big Bang Theory. Is that true? That's absolutely true. I yeah. knew we took over your studio. Time, and I think our time slot and everything, yeah. Were you on CBS? Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah. 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 It's okay. It worked out. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but I remember just being so devastated because I was like, well, that was like my thing. That was my shot. Did Big Bang Theory get, it wasn't picked up for a season and then there was a whole season that happened and then mm -hmm. they tried it again the next season? Yeah. And what didn't. was it, a casting thing or was it a... They didn't get the character that Kaylee ultimately played right the first time. Mm. She was much more of a street smart, 
I mean, she was ultimately the more street smart of our group, obviously, but it was done in a much more vicious way. Like, like in the original pilot, uh, Leonard and Sheldon come across her crying, and it wasn't played by Kaylee then, come across her like crying on a corner, her boyfriend's dumped or whatever, and like she kind of lasses us in, like kind of puts one over on us in order to have a place to stay. It was just so you had three lead characters where one of them was constantly like, heh, heh, these guys. And it was like, well, that's not that's not endearing. Right, right, <laughs> so, right. So I, we, from the table read to the shooting of that first pilot, they kept trying to massage it into something more mm. heart-filled between these characters. And it just it, it needed the time and a complete rewrite, essentially, to do that. Right. Once it was rewritten, that went beautifully, what they did with that Penny character, Kaylee's character. But they didn't change much at all from what me and Johnny had done. Mm-hmm. Like, so many of the lines were the same. So many of the scenes were the same. The other thing they did was we had one female science nerd friend, as it were, in our group. And poor actress who was wonderful, they they said, you know what, we're going to split that into two more and make them both men. So we ended up with Kunal and Simon because yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. And they changed the location from the East Coast to the West Coast, and they completely overhauled the color palette. Mm-hmm. The original pilot looks a lot like our show, but it looks as if you threw a sepia filter on it and covered it with cobwebs or something like that. It's it's just, it was it was a, a smart move on their part. Yeah, 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 shabby chic did. Yeah. First of all, yeah. when you were shooting the pilot, it wasn't working. Cause I've also been a part of things that aren't yeah. working, and it's like, it's can be heartbreaking and scary. Yeah. Were you feeling like, okay, this is probably not going to happen? No. Or? no, and I think this... And you've no one's ever asked it like that before, but so I'm just realizing this as you do. I think it speaks to ultimately exactly why CBS said let's try again because there was a lot working about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a live show, as, yeah. as you know, and so there was no denying that it was working on tape night, mm-hmm. or or there were enough aspects working mm-hmm. on tape night that there was no reason to believe it for sure wouldn't get picked up. Right. Yeah. And but see, it was. I still, though, even through that version, think it was such a smart move on the part of CBS. And it made me wonder why it doesn't happen more often. They put all this money into these making these pilots. And they either don't pick up something that has a lot of elements working, but just ultimately isn't making it. Or they do pick up something like they could have picked us up right then and shot it, or tried it for a season. Mm-hmm. And, and these same things would have been there and probably not allowed it to be the success it became. Mm-hmm. And instead, they reinvest a little more money or even a lot more money in doing but in a product they've already been working on and and it and it worked i don't know i know what they're doing or so i well i mean gosh it's 12 (laughs) years of course it worked people are always asking me this it's definitely a hot discussion point right now um it's about you know being gay in hollywood and the opportunity to play gay and you know straight people playing gay parts i mean the big profound thing that happened for me in Hollywood. In the class, I was playing a straight character. Mm-hmm. I had a great time playing opposite um, Heather Goldenhirsch as my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And then when Modern Family happened, I was playing a, mm-hmm. a, an out and proud gay man. And I spent 11 years doing that. And you spent 12 years playing, I wouldn't even say straight, a, a, asexual. asexual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We eventually yeah. had sex. But. Well, sure, yeah, yeah. But like, what are your feelings about this sort of new landscape that we're in with, this is what I'm yeah. working through today? Yeah. Because I feel like there's so many like 
potholes that people can fall into. And I'm trying to avoid it. But at the same time, I'm like trying to figure out what do I feel about it? Yeah. And I'll share with you what I do. Um, I mean, I've, 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 I think opportunity needs to happen in communities more often. I think we need to do a better job of looking for people who are able to play these roles specifically in the trans community. But, you know, as an actor, I can only speak for myself. Like, I want the opportunity to do many different things. Yes. And so it's hard for me to put, draw a line in the sand yeah. and say, like, that applies to me and not you. Yeah. I, yeah. To me, it feels like the real storyline of this has, has been lost because the real storyline, as far as I understood it, for our whole lives has been, like, let's just take gay people, for example. That gay people should be offered the opportunities to play any role, even if you happen to know that they're gay. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't personally feel as a gay man that ensuring only gay men play these gay male roles is... I don't, I'm not sure what that does exactly. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it does in terms of what I was saying, which is like, can we get opportunities across the board? Mm -hmm. When I was growing up, it was always the more people that are known figures that are out as gay people was helpful to all of us. Visibility. Whether yeah, in the industry or in the world. Mm -hmm. And given there's a way of looking at kind of what's going on right now that I can't help, and I've wondered it many times, like, when is it going to become more advantageous to essentially stay in the closet mm. and maybe not lie, maybe not in this, it, maybe it's not me more like, no, I'm straight, but just basically it's none of your business, mm -hmm. which is valid, mm -hmm. and maybe I even applaud that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Sure. If I was 20-something right now, surely from a career perspective, why would I go with any storyline other right. than it's none of your business? Right. I, I mean, I'm also, we're also coming from this as people who have been in this business a while. Yeah. I'm 48 this year. Are you turning 50 this year? I already did. did. I'm already there. Jim. I know. Happy birthday. Thank you. That's a big one. Oh, it was huge. It's huge. But I think people ask us these things and, you know, because we are obviously two gay men who have yeah. done okay in this business. Yep. But at the same time, it's like, I, I don't want the responsibility. I don't have no. the answers. I no. don't, and also, I, we're not in charge of these things. That's either. exactly right. I mean, someone who's doing a very good job with it is someone that, that you work with and know very well is Ryan Murphy. I think he like yes. it comes from the top, and he's like, "This is what we're going to do," yes. and it trickles down. So I, I feel like more of that, please, yeah, um, is definitely needed after Big Bang mm -hmm. and after you. You um, were you doing the Normal Heart when you did, were still doing Big Bang, the mm -hmm. play? Mm -hmm. So. That was when you sort of came out publicly. You know, obviously you'd been out to your friends and family and yeah. loved ones. And basically, I think many, many people knew. But that was the first time in the publication that you yeah. said something. And you're just looking at what you've done before. It seems like mostly it's it's been you've been playing these really very intricate, very um, uh, layered gay men. And you do it so brilliantly. Uh, do you think... Do you think that there will be an opportunity? And I'm asking this for myself, mm -hmm. too, because I want mm -hmm. it. Like, will we have opportunity, do you think, to play people who aren't known to be gay? Or yeah. do you think it's an uphill battle? Well, it does bring up another side of the whole thing, which is that the one thing I've realized is that I found playing them deeply interesting. But part of it was that I did bring something to them from my own life that that I was able to, I don't know, I don't want to say it was therapy, but that it was, I was able to 
work with some things that were that were part of me. Okay, so I'm going to be really honest with you. Mm-hmm. I took a very long time to watch Spoiler Alert. Okay. For reasons I'll explain. I mean, I read Michael's Osiello's mm-hmm. um, memoir, mm-hmm. and it destroyed me. The the movie adaptation, which is on uh, Peacock right now, you can stream it on Peacock. It's just, it's so beautifully done. And what I kept thinking about as I was watching you do this was, uh, you are someone who has experienced grief. You lost your father, Mickey, mm-hmm. very suddenly mm-hmm. in, a, in a tragic accident. And then, like, I, obviously that, that did, you know, you worked through that. But I also think so much about, and I only know this because I did know you at this mm-hmm. point, was, you know, when you lost your dog, Otis. Yeah. I remember being over at your house uh, when we lived next to one another, and I brought my little dog Leaf over, and Otis and Rufus and Leaf yeah. would all play. And, and I remember you saying, like, when this dog dies, just bury me with them. Did I? Yes. Yeah. And Justin and I were like, oh, my God, we feel the same way about, yeah. about Leaf. And I know how devastating it was when, when he finally did pass. Yeah. And that is something that is a different type of grief that didn't yes. just come out of nowhere. No. It was something that you— saw slowly happen yeah um and it affected you in a i'm sure very profound way as i was watching you it's also one of the reasons i was like kind of hesitant to watch this film is like just watching you kind of filter through that grief on 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 camera it was just so i guess i i mean talk to me a little bit about like what it was to bring that story well it was one of the most wonderful intense experiences I ever had. For one thing, we also produced it, and we had we had optioned the material from uh, Michael very early on. So as a project in general, it was very meaningful and in a good way overwhelming for us. I mean, I don't know what word to use other than, it felt like such a privilege and an honor to be able to go, th- fil- like you say, filter those things through myself in their own subconscious way, marry them with my own things that I had gone through, you know, none of them can be compared, my father, to Michael's husband, to the dog. I mean, they're all just completely different situations. And and I think that's one of the most interesting, fascinating things to me about death and mortality in general is how reaction to death is, for me at least, has been so dictated to the specificity of the relationship that you're talking about. Mm. The death of my father was, of course, fathoms deep and, and, and complicated because it's a father-son relationship. And in this case, a, a gay son. Not that that was an issue between it, not that I, he, I never told him, but that was there. Whereas the dog is the most simple you know, it's just love, basically. And as such, I cried gallons more tears when the dog died. Mm. It was just so easy to access. Whereas the there were so many implications with the situation with my father. Do, you know, does this, am I stalling my career? Do I need to stay home? Mm-hmm. My, my mother? And just, there was just so many complications with it. Never mind all the emotional things. Um, and then to lose, you know, oh, it's hard to even say out loud, isn't it? But to lose your romantic partner, your life partner, as Michael and Kit went through, mm-hmm. I mean, that's yes, just yeah. a completely different thing altogether. So I don't know. I don't know that I'm answering your question so much as to say I, I either innately or because of my own experiences find the topic extremely interesting I, I've talked about this before, but yeah. it played very much into my decision of how I knew I didn't 
it was time to stop doing the TV show. Yeah, yeah you talked to me about yeah. that. Yeah. Because I was getting closer and closer. I'm still I'm getting closer and closer to my dad's age when he, he passed at 52. And it was just like, I, you know... You know, you keep having to relearn, the, or relearn, but learn at a deeper level. This you don't know when it's the last day. I don't know when it's the last meal. Sure. I don't know when it's the last conversation. So anyway, um, I'd say it's morbid, but it is about mortality. No, but I think it's literally that, morbid. <laughs> well, but I think about that conversation when you opened up to me about that, when you mm-hmm. were talking about leaving Big Bang, mm-hmm, and you said, mm-hmm. you know, like there's so much more I want to do, and you know, there, there's, I, I have to take this leap and mm-hmm. just say I could, I'm going to, to do things I mm-hmm. want to do now mm-hmm. and I think that's incredibly brave incredibly pro- profound and I, I do th- I think about that piece of I think it's a great piece of advice like you know to, to sort of look at where you are in that moment in your career in your life and think okay well, is what's happening around me mm-hmm. something that feels right forever is it something that yeah. feels right for another year is it something that feels right yeah. for another month or another day like and, yeah. and really you know listening to that and and I, I think that that leap of faith that say I'm going to I'm going to move on to something new is 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 really uh, inspiring for sure. Oh God! Well, thank you for coming out. That I um, thank you for having me. It's new to be here for me. It's yeah, happy. yeah. I'm happy I got to introduce you to this place. Okay, let's take a quick break, but don't go away. When we come back, we'll hear some of my favorite moments with blackish actor Tracy Ellis Ross. Sometimes when I've had a long day, honestly, the last thing I want to do is think about what to eat, even though I, I love to cook. I mean, sometimes, let's just face it, we don't want to spend the time figuring out the ingredients, the recipe, going to the grocery store. And then you got to face the cleanup. That's when Factor comes in. I just pop one of their delicious meals in the microwave for two minutes and voila, I have a restaurant quality meal. I personally like to plate it and make it look pretty. And I tell myself, wow, look at this beautiful pork shop you just threw together. I love that Factor is flexible with my lifestyle. I can cater it to my dietary needs. Like, let's say I'm leaning vegetarian one month or keto the next And I can change how many meals I get week to week to fit my schedule. I seriously look forward to the Tuesday delivery date and that factor box on my doorstep. So why not give it a try? Head to factormeals.com slash dinners50 and use code dinners50 to get 50% off. That's code dinners50 at factormeals.com slash dinners50 to get 50% off. I love what I do. I also love the idea of not doing it one day, but it's getting harder to know the best way to move forward into the future towards retirement. We hear about inflation, rate hikes, the changing market, gotta get the kids through college, build an emergency fund, and then there's retirement. Here's where Fidelity comes in. Fidelity can help you find clarity in saving for the future, even as your path and priorities evolve. How? Well, they'll help you create a free personalized plan that adapts as your priorities change. They'll also show you what's called timely insights, small tips on ways to save and invest to help meet your goals. And you can monitor your plan so you stay on target. The future's coming and so's retirement. Fidelity can help you take it on your way. Learn more at fidelity.com future. Expenses charged by your investments and other costs and fees associated with trading or transacting in your account apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services member NYSE SIPC. This episode of Dinners on Me is brought to you by BetterHelp. 
I have recently embraced therapy. I don't know why I didn't embrace it earlier. I think there was always maybe a little bit of a stigma for me. Like, if I had to go to therapy, it meant there was something really wrong with me. But once I let that all go, and I just realized it was something that was available to me to make me feel better about myself, better about my day, better about where I am in my life, just clear my head, just giving me someone else to talk to. I don't know, my relationship with it completely changed, and now I can't imagine my life without therapy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash dinners today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash dinners. Don't you just love it when someone looks at you and says, hmm, something's different about you. What were you up to last night? Well, no matter how late you were up the night before, Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops can help your eyes look more refreshed and awake than ever. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute to help your eyes look brighter and wider for up to eight hours. No wonder it has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. You won't believe your eyes, and you know you can trust them because they're made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Loam, and they're backed by six clinical studies. Eye doctors trust them too. They're the number one recommended redness reliever eye drop. The one and only Lumify is an amazing drop that will have people saying... Something's different about you, but in the best possible way. So check out LumifyEyes.com to learn more. And we're back with more Dinners on Me. Today, food with a view. So listen, I'm a little scared of heights, but that didn't stop me from taking today's guest up several stories. Okay, uh, tens of several stories above the Sunset Strip for California meets Mexican fare at The Roof, a restaurant at the Edition Hotel in West Hollywood. I want to emphasize at the very top of the Edition Hotel. I feel like I could see my house from up here, but it's okay. The food will distract me from my slight phobia of heights. To get to the roof, you walk through this tremendous lobby covered in travertine or marble or I I don't know. I'm not a stone expert. It's something luxurious. As you walk toward the elevators, you wonder, hmm, what's that smell? It smells so good. Well, it's the signature scent of the addition by Lalaba, which is pumped through the hotel. An attendant swipes me up to the roof and leads me to the patio off the lounge where there's 360-degree views from downtown LA all the way to Santa Monica. The roof is where my guest met me, clad in a chartreuse sweater, black blazer, and jeans. I'm telling you this because I know you want to know. Oh, and she also had these amazing purple aviator glasses. Hello. Without further ado, you know her from Blackish, Girlfriends, and her podcast, I Am America. It's Tracy Ellis Ross. I did have the honor of going to your mother's 75th mm. that you invited me to. And I, I remember you texted me and I said, Tracy, I don't I don't know your mom. I've never met her. I'm obviously a fan and an admirer. But you know, if you want to invite someone that like, you know, else, like, it's okay. And you're like, I was like, you're like, my mom's friends are all gonna be there. <laughs> <laughs> that is a 
Liz. Yeah, that's typical. And so I, Justin and I came to the party. I get to, to have people too. Yeah, I get to have people too. Where's my list? By okay. the way, let me just take you back to my childhood. Yeah, 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 okay? please. My mom had to have conversations with me on my sister's birthday. Why? Birthdays. She would be like, what is going on? And I'd be like, well, I don't think it's fair. Everybody's just paying attention to her. She gets all the gifts. She's my mom's like, yeah, it's her birthday. Yeah. It's her special day. You had one too. And I'm like, oh, I don't think that's fair. Oh, all the attention gets to go on Rhonda today. Okay, so Rhonda gets gifts. Around me, I have to sit in the corner. She was like, what is I've got this sociopath as a child. Like, Every day like, should somehow involve me. Every day. Where do I fit into this? Where I'm do I sorry, fit into this? Is there is there a is this there's nothing for me? Is there no uh, gift? And then on Christmases, same thing my sister would open gifts slowly uh-huh and so i would open gifts fast in the hopes that i we both got twinsy gifts uh-huh. and i would like show her everything i got oh, like ruin her surprise <laughs> yes. oh my god it's a terrible so, child so vicious terrible child that's really funny terrible anyway oh so yes yeah, so so my yeah, mom's like, 75th yeah so i and, get to have people too yeah and i and i was so excited to go <laughs> and it was sort of a crazy but what i loved about it First and foremost, it was family. It was friends. Mm. It was like real. Like it, mm. everyone felt real. And then the evening ended with all of us getting into these um, shuttle vans and going to was it the Palladium? Was, I think it was the Palladium. And your mother just giving a concert for us and We're, and fans and 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 her and all of us sitting on the stage and all of you sitting on the stage. Mm-hmm. And it just it it filled me with so much joy. I was so honored to be there. Aww. But there was a point where you got up to speak. And you talked about your mom for a little while, and you say, and Beyonce, if you're here, if you want to sing happy birthday, come on down. And I laughed, because I was like, oh, that's hilarious. I'm going to use that joke at my next party. And like Beyonce, And then she walked by. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. And she stood as close as to your sitting my, to me right now and sang happy birthday. And I don't even remember that. Oh, my God. I do, obviously. <laughs> Let me tell you, I also remember it. And it's burned into my memory so vividly, because it also includes one of the most embarrassing moments of my entire life. She finishes Happy Birthday, which let's, I'll be honest, it's not a hard song to sing. Mm. And she didn't embellish it too much. Mm-hmm. She did she it. She, res- made, she was respectful to the She was respectful to the, the, to the, to the, the moment. And, to the song yeah, itself. Exactly. And, you know, she, <laughs> she made the octave jump. She didn't but, like, try, to, uh, <laughs> try to shame the Happy Birthday song. Absolutely not. She didn't eliminate it. <laughs> and afterwards, Justin was like, you have to say hi to her. You have to say hi to her. And it's like, okay, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. So I walk over to her and I put my hand on her shoulder and she turns to me. And the only thing I can think of to say to her is beautiful in response to her song. That's lovely. Come on, anything? Justin really? looked at me like, that's all you got was beautiful. <laughs> but like, I put my hand on her shoulder, like, I'm gonna tell her this thing that she probably needs to hear right now oh, after singing Happy my Birthday. God. But anyone, even Beyonce, wants to hear that she did something well. I guess so. I just, I did not think about it that way. I was like, there's so many other things I could have said. No, for sure. So many sure. other words I could have used. I was like, it was a one word. Three syllables. No, first period, of all, it's not done. like you said kill death. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like you said beautiful. True, that's like true, a beautiful true, true. that's like a lovely thing to say to somebody. I was just I had a different version of how this was gonna go, and she turned around and like all the blood left my body. <laughs> and I was thinking like I was okay, to so think Tracy's of, like casually in orbit with these people. I'm not no. Yes, you are. Okay. You asked Beyonce to come down and sing a birthday I song. I think I'm having flashbacks now, and I think my mom was like you should ask her to, or something. I don't know. I, I really don't remember that moment. I don't remember saying anything when Your you mom, said that. I was like, what? Cruise director that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just so want to say, like, are there people, like, just knowing, like, how you grew up, are there people that you feel, like, the way I feel toward Beyonce? Or is it kind of like, are you 
desensitized to like I'm definitely not desensitized I think what it is is that I have particularly because of who my mom is I have such a sense of um, no matter who people are they're people Mm -hmm. so I am in awe of whether it's Beyonce or Michelle Obama or my mom there's a lot of reverence towards the magnitude of what they've either accomplished or or Mm. who they are as people but I don't get flustered because I have such a genuine sense of like the flesh and blood of who they are. Sure. Yeah, it's something that I I really despise in our culture, the way that we dehumanize people who are in the public eye. Right. It's just, it's not helpful. And I, it's the same thing, like putting people on a pedestal or even as a woman, like when a guy is like, you know, you're my queen. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, mm-hmm. I just want to be the person standing next to you. Right. So a lot, a lot of time I saw you. Or, There's or no way I'm going to be able to eat this in a nice Since way. I've last seen you, mm-hmm. you finished Blackish. Uh-huh. I rewatched your finale mm-hmm. last night, you know, with the lens of like knowing that I'm going to be talking to you about this today. I mean, eight years. Yeah. My second eight-year show. Second eight-year show. Um, oh, that's so interesting. What was, I mean, incredibly profound experience in something yeah. that's that monumental in your life. I mean, I didn't watch Girlfriends. I, I wasn't on my radar at that time, but Blackish every episode. Mm. Like me with your show. Oh, thank you. I mean, what what was that day like for you? That last day of, of shooting? I my eyes were so swollen. <laughs> Trying to do that last scene was just absurd. You know, here's the thing. I had context because let me finish chewing. I'm going to let you eat and chew okay. while I say okay. this story. Because of Girlfriends. And Girlfriends ended during the writer's strike. Oh, no way. So we didn't get an end. We didn't get a wrap party. We had no idea it was ending. So there was no closure at all. Blackish, we knew it was ending. I walked into the last season with the mindset of its ending and was able to enjoy and savor every stitch of it. Mm -hmm. And that last week and then that last day, I was very present and very aware of how grateful I was for the experience and how sort of heavy hearted I was about the fact that my daily routine from eight years was going to end. A routine that I loved. I loved going into hair and makeup. I mean, it was weird. You know, the pandemic really changed. Yeah, well, that's what you got to finish that show during the pandemic, which I thankfully you got to finish it. Yeah, Mm pre-pandemic, like hair and makeup trailer was my favorite place. All of us in there together. Mm -hmm. Music, lines running, kids, yeah, like yeah. just the, I mean, the, the mess the, of it. A lot of people have, don't ex- get to experience what yeah. you've experienced, but <clears throat> when you walk in, you, you know, you have these very early mornings on a mm-hmm. sitcom. You arrive at like 5.30 in the morning, 6 in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, usually the women have to arrive <laughs> an hour before any of the um, guys just do. Just be clear, Anthony took longer than me in here. Did he makeup. really? I yeah. love that tidbit. Yeah. That's it's a really great. good tidbit. That is a great tidbit. And also basically had a facial <laughs> at the end of every day. Oh, my God. They removed his makeup. And he loves talking and about it. And skincare routine. I swear to God, I've never seen anything <laughs> like it. I was like, wait, can that happen for me? Like, what's going on? Joanna Vargas rolls in. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> he was, it was amazing. That's amazing. Um, but yeah, these very early mornings. And so, like, you, you begin your day with this kind of, you're all kind of compacted into this this small trailer. Yeah. And you're getting your hair and makeup done. And it is where, like, the music's playing. It's where mm-hmm. you're you're having your morning coffee. You're it's running lines. You're running you're, lines. Whatever. It is it's such, you're right. It is the, it's sort of, it's the heart and soul it's of my favorite. the day. It is. Yeah. And, you know, as you worked with kids, too. Mm-hmm. So working with kids. And then, you know, yes, you guys, we see each other on camera. You, these sort of tarted up, sort of beautiful versions of us. Mm-hmm. But you come in 
early, yeah. like tired, like all of it. Yeah. It's the most intimate thing. Yeah. And I loved it. And no makeup. Nothing. Everyone's like just, as yes, raw as you just possibly as, be. Just not only no makeup, but just like a mess. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like a mess. And then they churn out not only happy actors, but like pretty people. Right. 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 right, right we right. walk in yeah. like these like decrepit That's right. and then they, they churn us out. Truly. In one door, you go yes. in like looking like a hot mess. You <laughs> yes. go out the other door. Not only that, you could come in fully formed. crying, <laughs> still dealing with the night before, That's like right. whatever it is. And by the time you come out, you're ready to go act, you yeah. know, and be, yeah. be on. But it's those moments, I think. When you are part of a long show and you get to experience oh. that, if you're lucky enough to experience that, you know. And we had the same crew for almost a full eight years. Yeah, we did. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, us too. Um, I'm a few years younger than you, not too many. Mm. You know, ex- experiencing aging, experiencing yeah. what it means to sort of transition to this new place. I played a father for, you know, 11 years. When I got the role on Modern Family, I was like, oh no, I'm too young for this. I'm too young oh. to be a dad. Oh, I had that whole thing. Oh, I was yeah, like, yeah. well, then the world's gonna see me as a mother. Exactly. Of a- yeah. And now it's like only father roles, you know, and I'm so like, funny. okay, well, that's where I'm at. I, I just, I really appreciate, and I have kind of looked to you at times like this. So, like, you have embraced aging and you've just accepted all that in a very gracious way. Mm. I'm so grateful for all that I've gained at yeah. this age. Age is like an energy. My favorite is, you know, the young gentlemen's that I date and they're like, age ain't nothing but a number. I'm like, yeah, you say that because <laughs> it's a smaller number, yo. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, it's a number and like a lot of years difference. Do you okay? tend to date younger men? I do. Okay. Um, some of that is because the toxic masculinity that is so ingrained in my age group, mm-hmm. I, I like, I literally cannot participate oh, interesting. in. interesting, yeah. Um, And that's not to say that it's everywhere. And I do also date people that are my age. And I date people for all very different reasons. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the people you go to dinner with, the people you have sex with, the people that you might be potential partners. And so they all kind of have different things. But I don't know. It's so interesting to me. Turning 50 has been really interesting. I'm sure. Um, sure. Wonderful. I work on a daily basis with you know, embracing it. For the grace of God today, I, I haven't done any things to my face and my yeah. and my body or anything. And who knows, hopefully I can hold out and just let the story of my life be all over me. And, you know, same thing, like, I don't know, I, I talk out of the side of my mouth when I'm being funny. And <laughs> recently I was like, wait, what's happening with this side of my face? I was like, that's the that's, side. That's of, your jokey side. That's my jokey side. That's your jokey side. Of your I mouth. go out that way. Yeah, yeah. You know, like right? we'll yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And so it's a little more wrinkly on that yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. What are you going to do? So I did want to say, I have this another anecdote I want to talk to you about. I think you might find it funny. So I was, in my research, I, I see that you have eight NAACP awards. I believe it's nine. Is it nine now? It might be nine. Wow. I don't know. I don't know. It's such a high number. This is something we have in common. I you, also... How many NAACPs do you have? I have one. Shut the fuck up. That's I have amazing. One. <laughs> had. I will say had. Let me explain. You gave it back? Let me explain. <laughs> Let me explain. <laughs> So somehow, Kim Fields' NAACP award was found in a place it shouldn't have been. I don't know if it was in a trash bin, but it was somewhere where it was just found. Okay. And my good friend, let me hold this for you while you go for that five leches cake. Oh my God. I'm my sh- friend Todd Hawkins, who's a very close friend of mine, who also happens to be my my husband's uh, college roommate, mm-hmm. is the president of the African American Museum here in LA. Amazing. So whoever found this NAACP Returned award- Returned it there? For, for Kim Fields, gave it to Todd saying, I don't know, can the, the, maybe this can live in the museum and it can be a part of and like- it this said is, Kim Fields it on it. It said Kim Fields on it. Yeah, it was no, no doubt it was Kim Fields. And so he's like, sure, I'll take it. And he had it in his car. 
Then the pandemic hit. And Todd was like, called Justin and I and said, I, I can't boil water. Like, I have to come live with you. I, like, I'll come live with you for a few weeks. So he came to live with us. And with him, he like unpacked everything. And was just- Here comes his NAACP <laughs> That he was had in his trunk <laughs> to take back to the museum. And so I put it up on my on your shelf <laughs> with all my other awards. Oh my gosh. And I completely forgot about it. I kind of forgot. I just, I've, I stopped kind of looking at it. Mm. Like I didn't realize I had anything. That's insane. Okay. Fast forward, I'm doing this play in New York. <laughs> Take me out. I come out the stage door, and Kim Fields is there. I'm dead. This and she's is like, such a I story. am such a. F-. And she's like, I love the show. And I'm like, I am such a fan of you. I love Facts of Life. Like, la, 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 la. Yeah. Just going on, on, on. I was like, also. <laughs> Another thing. Another quick thing. I have your NAACP <laughs> award in my house. Oh my Would you like it back? My friend Todd, who was yes. the president of the African American mm-hmm. Museum. And I was like, and you got it back to her, right? He says, no, it's still in my house. I'm like, <laughs> give her the NAACP. Wait, this is amazing. <laughs> and so if Kim Field somehow listens to this, or has someone who listens to it. she still doesn't have her award. And she doesn't have it, it's on you, Todd. We're, we're going to be like, Todd, you've stolen it. <laughs> now you are the culprit. That's Isn't the most that amazing great? thing. We should, you know what we should do is like, there should be like a um, award swap. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just like just randomly, like I have, like, I have, Meryl, I should have like Silkwood. I should I have Glads yeah, yeah, like yeah. in my in yeah, 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 on yeah. my decoration. Absolutely, That's absolutely. Amazing. Why not? And, and you have people, you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm very well rounded, <laughs> very well. I know it says Jesse. It's me. It's me. <laughs> oh God, so that's something That's fantastic. We had, we had in common. I almost lost my Golden Globe. Did you really? Mm-hmm. The night of the Globes, that I first of all, the one time I went. And one. Yeah. I thought you went twice. Did you? Oh, the second time. Yes, I did. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, I did. That was the Me Too year. The Time's Up year. Right, 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 right. The second time. So I went after and changed in the bathroom right there off of the room Mm -hmm. into my after-party look. Mm -hmm. In the hotel, did it there in the room that... You left your award there. I left it in the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) How did it come back to you? Left it in the toilet. (laughs) And then walked out. Tried to get back in. Security would not let oh, me back in. you realized in. You'd, lo- you'd left it. Yeah. I was like, I, I, you know how when you go to the like, airport, like you're on your way to the airport, you, yeah, you're like, bah, 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 yeah, what yeah, do yeah. I have? I don't know. I'm going to And I was like, oh, I don't have the award. Oh <laughs> so we had to stand in the lobby. The entire hotel security was like everybody. Yeah. And finally, like 20 minutes later, me, I am wearing a satin dress and sweating profusely, yeah. like flop sweat sweating. yeah. yeah. And finally, they bring it back to me. And I was like, thank you. You win it and you lose it. Yeah, yeah, immediately. Immediately. That is amazing. I, I When Jane Lynch was hosting the Emmy Awards, Justin and I were leaving um, the awards with her. And she realized at that moment that she had lost the big one of the earrings. diamond earrings. You're lent a lot of these things. Yes, and, where, and usually, and usually you they ha- come with a security guard yeah, that or, follows you around. Or you have to remember, I learned this the hard way, to take out a little bit of extra insurance, ah. which I did not know early on in my career. I lost a ring. I don't think Jane did either. And had to pay for you it. You had to pay for it. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. That is insane. I didn't know you had to pay for it mm-hmm. if you lost it. Yeah. Wow. I didn't, I didn't know that now I have an insurance, but like I'm protected. Sure, and sure, sure. My yeah, stylist like, yeah. takes mm-hmm. has insurance as well. Yeah. And I learned the hard way. Oh, wow, Tracy. It was during Girlfriends. Oh, oh man. So Jane lost, lost her earring. 
No. I don't even have, now I don't have anything that expensive. No. I'm not a jewelry yeah. person. Yeah. I'm not, you know, that's not my right. thing. I have some lovely little pieces that my were my mother's. Yeah. But nope. You're literally wearing a safety pin as a... Yeah, now I'm like, I'm a girl who wears like safety pins and I'll take a barrette and just clip it on yeah. my... Yeah. <laughs> I put a rubber ring around my yeah, finger yeah, and call relatable. it a ring. For sure. <laughs> Little tinfoil. Yeah. Totally, totally. I used to okay. do that with them. I, rubber bands. I wanted braces so mm -hmm. badly, so I would put paper clips in my mouth. Oh, I would put a rubber band in, yeah. in the front. And then like, why did you why, want braces? Why you what, want what was that? You know what else I, know I used to do? Cool to me. I used to take popsicle sticks and put conditioner on my legs and pretend I was shaving. Because oh. I wanted to be an older woman. I sort of- You wanted bags my, yes. and you wanted hairy legs. I wanted to put my, I would put my leg up on the bathtub and like cover my leg in conditioner and I would like that take the popsicle amazing. stick and be like, I'm shaving. And then you know what else I did? I told you I was obsessed with being older. I took, a, I had a Hello Kitty keychain. And I would put, <laughs> I put bobby pins on it because you can hook the bobby yeah, yeah, pin on yeah. like a key. And I, it was like my keychain, and I would sit, uh, and I would, I had this big book. It was like a, a hard bound, hardcover book. I never would read it. And I would open the book with my keys, and I would sit the keys next to me, and I would sit in the lobby of a hotel, and I would, like if we weren't somewhere as a family, and yeah. I would sit with my book <laughs> open, and I would pretend I was reading. <laughs> I have no idea what was in the book. And I, I'm such an actress. And I would read the book. And then someone would come and I would look up, open the book again. Yeah, yeah. I would shave. I would read books. I had a keychain. Oh and then there was God. one I other thing. I wish I knew you was a kid. I was such a nightmare. Oh, the other thing is whenever something would make me cry, I'm such a crier. But then I would go to my room and I would lay down on the floor. <laughs> and I would watch the tears puddle. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch them puddle. And then I would look in the mirror and I'd be like, oh, see how you looked crying. See how I looked crying. <laughs> and see if I could make it look better. But, make, but the only oh way to God, get you were the born to yeah, be an actress. The only way I could get the actual tears to come out is I would have to make the face. Yeah. <laughs> and then you I, could get beautiful after that. Yeah. 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 But like those people, you know, there's those mm -hmm. people that really are such good criers. Yeah, and yeah, they, yeah. I am not that person. Like it yeah. just it I have to make the mm. Yeah. Well, I mean Claire Danes is a great crier and she makes the face and she's like, I don't care, you're seeing all the bones. She's it's all the ugliness. It's kind of amazing. It's kind of amazing. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Uh, there's uh, who is the one? There's someone who's like a beautiful crier, just like, uh, yeah, and yeah, they yeah. just come out. Maybe it's Botox, though. I think like yeah, that maybe, keeps your face be. completely. Can you imagine? I always say to people, I said this to someone, and she so misunderstood it. I was like, my face is my money. She's like, I know, as in I should get Botox. Oh. And I was like, no, like my money, like the fact that mm. it makes all the ugly faces. Yeah. On. Blackish. Half the time, I didn't say anything. Mm -hmm. It's all. It was all my shots yeah. And, expression, and, and yeah. I this I would go into looping, and it was constantly this. <sighs> yeah, 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 yeah. No way. Sounds <laughs> to put over these faces you're making. Exactly. Yeah, let's try and justify this <laughs> Just crazy <laughs> look that Tracy's giving. Insane. Anyway, oh yeah. Oh my God, love. I thank you for doing this. This is so much fun. I and I got to eat yummy. You got to eat a little something. I fed you. Dinner's on Me is a production of Neon Hum Media, Sony Music Entertainment, and A Kid Named Beckett Productions. It's hosted by yours truly. It's executive produced by me and Jonathan Hirsch. Our showrunner is Joanna Clay. Chloe Chobel is our associate producer. Sam Baer engineered this episode. Hans Dale Shee composed our theme music. Our head of production is Sammy Allison. Special thanks to Alexis Martinez and Justin Makita. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Join me next week.
worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.